This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03. You made it to Friday afternoon, August 11th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Two robo-taxi companies have been approved to provide around-the-clock service in San Francisco. We'll get the details in our next segment, but right now, the latest research indicates a four-day work week is gaining momentum. Joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm Two Discern, based in Chicago. Rick, thank you for joining us today. This movement towards a four-day work week, is this based on real trends that are showing up in human resources data, or is this just basically a survey that tells people, uh, if you could work four days a week, would you take that deal? It's, it's more than just the HR experience. This has been going on for probably a couple of decades. And so as an example, uh, Best Buy in 2005 created something called ROWE, results only, or, or results only Work Environment, which is we're not going to keep track of your hours. Here's the job you got to do by such date at what quality level. And as long as you do that, we don't care if you show up. Now, that doesn't work in a manufacturing environment or a laboratory or some other jobs. But in general, the idea was we're going to measure productivity, not just presenteeism. And, and, and I'm old enough to remember people being called clock watchers in the nine to five movie. It's just about people just there present, but playing Candy Crush on their laptop for, for half of the time they're there. So it's a two edged sword. You know, this is not a, this is not a new trend. And the, these kinds of trends are generated by legitimate um, discomfort, dissatisfaction by employees. And if it is not addressed, it doesn't go away. It gets worse. What are some things that employers can do to keep their employees more engaged so they're either not uh, uh, watching the clock or uh, negotiating a four-day work week or a three-and-a-half-day work week? Yeah, it's, it's a tough problem. You know, companies certainly, the publicly traded companies are driven by the, the quarterly return. They get a report card once a quarter. And there's tremendous pressure when your shareholder value drives your business to make sure that you maximize not just productivity, but cut, get as much done with as little as possible. That's fine if you're a big company, maybe. If you're an average size company, mid-cap or smaller, if two people leave to go to other jobs and you only have 50 employees and you decide that, well, Joanne can do the job of those other two because it's working, that's fine. It's a crutch. The leg's not repaired. The person still doesn't walk well. And so companies have to be more mindful about something beyond that quarterly report. How do I understand my employees? 
what they're interested in, and how do I make sure they feel like they're part of something and recognize that as opposed to taking what, what employees often perceive to be taking advantage of the fact that I'm willing to do more work than I should have to do. We're talking to Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern in Chicago. How has the hybrid office schedule changed the conversation around the four-day work week? Like, for example, if you're working from home on a Friday, you can certainly do Zoom meetings from that lake house in Holland, Michigan. Yeah, and, and you and I have talked about this before. There's a couple of things that are happening. Those that have the ability, typically in the software side of the world, who can do two jobs, sometimes you're doing two jobs and doing them both well. Other people are experiencing that when I am at home, I actually can still do my job, but I can still watch my child. I can still run out for a grocery run. I can make food at home. There's a lot of things that I do to get to work or I spend as part of work culture, which aren't necessary to be being productive. The other side of that, though, is companies, if they're going to embrace or think about this, they have to be more diligent and and rigorous about measuring the productivity of people in terms of what they actually get done. Somebody who's been there for 20 years but does the work of half a person, uh, they're at risk um, only if you can measure it. If you're not measuring, then it's just good old Bob, and we've always had him, and he'll always be there, and he always will. He's good old Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm to discern based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, the self-driving taxi reaches a key milestone. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Regulators in California have granted approval for the robo-taxi companies Cruise and Waymo to operate on a 24-7 schedule in San Francisco. That despite some opposition from the public and city leaders. We're joined by Jeff Gilbert, CBS News automotive reporter based in Detroit. California, Jeff, is such a big state and it has so many people. Uh, you, you really can say, as goes California, so goes the nation. So if, elect- if not, I should say electric cars, self-driving cars really do become the norm in California, uh, how quickly does the rest of America follow? Very quickly, because this was really the bellwether case uh, cruise, which is GM's subsidiary, subsidiary that does self-driving cars has been operating these in the middle of the night, taking some fares around, trying to show that uh, that it is safe. This now lets them do a real service. And if there are no issues in California, they're already operating in Phoenix and Austin. They're moving to Boston, other cities. So it won't be long until you see them expand because GM is very high on this service. Waymo, which is Google's self-driving subsidiary, also one of the leaders in the service. I was in San Francisco a couple of months ago. I did see the Cruise and Waymo vehicles in action, and it is an interesting sight to see a self-driving cruise vehicle on the streets of San Francisco. Insert the theme song here. Um, just there's the car, and there is a passenger in the back seat, and that's it. And it's driving rather conservatively along its route. And this is just the beginning. General Motors would like to deploy something it calls the Cruise Origin. Right now they're using adapted Chevy Bolts. The Cruise Origin was built from the ground up to be self-driving, and all they're really waiting for is government, U.S. government permission to deploy a vehicle because the standards say all vehicles have to have brake pedals and steering wheels, things of that nature, and this vehicle doesn't. 
Is this a, uh, is it purposeful? I mean, obviously you do a test in San Francisco because it's so close to the tech titans. It's close to Google. It's close to Apple. It's close to all the companies that would want to invest in self-driving vehicles. But does the topography and the geography of San Francisco do a very good job of putting these self-driving vehicles through their paces? Well, I hate to steal a line from New York, New York, but when it comes to vehicles, if you can make it there, meaning San Francisco, because of those difficulties, you can make it anywhere. So that's why a lot of people are doing research there, as well as the closeness to to tech companies. And, of course, what GM is trying to do with Cruz is say, hey, we're a tech company, too. They're hoping for billions of dollars in profits. There are some people who are a little skeptical about that. But this at least gets them off to a good start. What has been the safety record in San Francisco with these vehicles? I, I did see there was some criticism uh, regarding the uh, self-driving vehicles not moving out of the way for first responders. But uh, by and large, what has the experience been like? It, it's interesting with the safety record. Of course, these companies will tell you that they're safer than a human driver, but nothing is perfect. But what we've seen in places like San Francisco are issues with emergency drivers, not moving out of the way, maybe driving over a fire hose, doing things that a human driver wouldn't do, and also stopping when they get confused. Also in San Francisco, there are some protesters who have found out if you put a cone, basic traffic cone, on the hood of some of these vehicles, they can't operate. So that's been a bit of an issue as well. So these are things that do have to be worked out. The things that were controversial before the decision was made yesterday, but but again, California regulators going with these automated vehicle companies, not with the opponents. Jeff Gilbert, CBS News automotive correspondent based in Detroit. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, why students need to sign a power of attorney before they head off to college. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Once a child turns 18, doctors can no longer share information about health with their parents unless permission has been granted. One option is a power of attorney. Let's learn more from Rob Romanoff, past managing partner and trustee and estate attorney with Levenfeld Levenfeld Perlstein in Chicago. Rob, thank you for joining us today. Why is it important for parents with a student going off to college to uh, have a power of attorney document before they go to campus. Bob, thank you for allowing me to be on the show today. I'm a frequent listener. Well, thank you very much. And and from one Rob to another, let me just tell you, flattery will get you everywhere. Thank you. So, Rob, when our children turn 18, they're legally adults, even if we don't think of them as adults. And because they're adults, we don't have access to their financial information and we can't gain access to information about their health care unless they sign a power of attorney. Without a power of attorney, we can't get any information at all. And how many parents learn that lesson the hard way? And what are some of those circumstances? Do they learn that lesson the hard way? So, Rob, just in the last several years, I have two clients who learned the hard way. 
They didn't get the powers of attorney signed. And in one of the instances, their son uh, was in a car accident. Uh, Thank God he wasn't seriously injured, but his mother couldn't even speak with the university hospitals about his care. And she couldn't gain any information at all about how to pay his bills while he was laid up because the powers of attorney hadn't yet been signed. Is this common knowledge or is this something that parents and students, uh, they are just so overwhelmed by preparing for the move to college, getting the dorm room together, meeting the roommates, that this is something that's either overlooked or simply not known? Hard to know for sure, Rob. I suspect a lot of people don't know, but when I attended orientation from our kids, when they entered college, during the orientation, in all the information that was thrown at us, there was mention of a power of attorney. It probably lasted about 10 seconds. My wife looked at me and said, do we have those? And I said, yes. But otherwise, people don't necessarily learn about and then what is the easiest way to uh, go about uh, uh, making sure uh, you have power of attorney before your child goes off to college? So for many of our friends and for my kids, it was an 18th birthday ritual. My children, before they got their birthday present, needed to sign their powers of attorney. Uh, there are guides online. You can access these forms online. They are state-specific. So if you're here in Illinois, you need to use the Illinois form even if your kid's going to school elsewhere. But you can find these online. Oftentimes, you can also call your close advisors, either at the bank or if you work with a law firm, just call and ask. Rob Romanoff, past managing partner and trustee and estate attorney with the firm of Levenfeld Perlstein in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead in Entrepreneur Friday, taking a holistic approach to mental, physical, and spiritual healing. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 1059. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The U.S. Attorney General appoints a special counsel in the Hunter Biden probe, the latest coming up at a CBS News special report. The Illinois Supreme Court issues a ruling on the state's assault weapons ban. It's Entrepreneur Friday, a Chicago business that's focused on holistic health. As calls come to provide help for people suffering through wildfires in Hawaii, we'll discuss making sure that your donation goes to a legitimate aid organization. Business, the markets are mixed right now. The Dow is up 50 points. The NASDAQ is down 97. The S&P 500 down 10. 80 degrees right now in Chicago under cloudy skies, 79 degrees at Midway. Partly sunny at the lakefront. Could see some thunderstorms this afternoon. High today of 85. It's 1231. CBS News Special Report. Attorney General Merrick Garland has named David Weiss as special counsel to investigate Hunter Biden's business dealings. This appointment confirms my commitment to provide Mr. Weiss all the resources he requests. U.S. Attorney in Delaware, Weiss recently investigated the president's son on tax and gun charges. It also reaffirms that Mr. Weiss has the authority he needs to conduct a thorough investigation and to continue to take the steps he deems appropriate independently based only on the facts and the law. CBS's Catherine Herridge has more. It's an extraordinary development considering where the two parties were two weeks ago to wrap up this years-long case, now to the appointment of a special counsel that will have these broad authorities 
most importantly, to continue this ongoing investigation. Congressional Republicans have been investigating Hunter Biden's business deals while Joe Biden was vice president. CBS News Special Report. I'm Linda Kenyon. The Illinois Supreme Court has upheld the state's ban on the sale or possession of certain semi-automatic weapons. In the 4-3 decision released this morning, the court found that the Protect Our Communities Act does not violate the federal constitution's guarantee of equal protection of the law or the state constitution's prohibition of special legislation. It is 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. The markets are mixed. Joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Jeff Kilberg, founder and CEO of KKM Financial, based in Chicago. Jeff, thank you for joining us today. How does the producer price index report, the index on what uh, uh, businesses are paying to buy their goods wholesale, how does this complicate the inflation-fighting picture, or does it? Well, it's a great question. I think it just adds more into the formula. So, yes, uh, the, the PPI data is an input, but what's really interesting is the CPI data we had this week, Rob. And if you think about it, we've talked about inflation. We've all had to endure inflation here in Chicago to see these prices at the grocery store. Everything has been moving up. But what's fascinating is that the Fed is actually, they're not going to take a victory lap yet, but from where we were June of 2022, CPI, the inflationary data reading was at 9.1%. We're now in the month of June at 3.2%. So that does uh, signal the fact that it's going the right direction. If I do the math, if I go back to my University of Notre Dame days, it's about a 6% drop or two-thirds lower. Now, we're not going to take a victory lap again because inflation is still here, and I know there's some pain at the pump, but I think all the data is allowing the Fed to sit and pause and watch these higher interest rates really slow down the economy. But at the end of the day, the resiliency of the U.S. economy, every analyst out there, every uh, way overpaid analysts on Wall Street is now continue to push recessionary fears out another year just because they've been wrong. So our focus on understanding that the economy, the resilience of the economy, and where the interest rates are going has really been the guiding light. And right now, with the 10-year note back above 4%, you are seeing a little bit of profit-taking. But by and large, this has been a better-than-expected year for a lot of investors that were really shocked and, and frightened by the historic rate hike campaign of the Federal Reserve. With the uh, comparison now, the extremely inflationary period of last summer, when you talked about when we're talking about you know 9% uh, year-over-year increase or a 10% year-over-year increase, what do you look for in the numbers going forward to show that uh, inflation is either slowing down or perhaps rekindling? Well, I think the Fed's target of 2%, I don't think that's realistic. I think they've put too much money into the marketplace. If we talk about their balance sheet, meaning the amount of money they had to inject into the economy post-COVID, they're still above $8.2 trillion with a capital T, Rob. So that balance sheet is going to be the shock absorber. And that really is the, the pillow sitting on the tarmac for this soft landing. So I am in the camp. I've been cautiously optimistic all year that the market continue to move forward. But it is about the earnings numbers. We just saw a better than expected earnings season once again. As we go into Q3 and Q4, we're going to continue to test the strength of the consumer because, as you know, the U.S. consumer drives two-thirds of our local economy. But we are in a better position. However, if the interest rates, if the 10-year note at 4.16% today, all these rate-sensitive stocks, all these tech-darling names that we know from NVIDIA, the Tesla, the Microsoft, the Google, you will see some profit-taking because they had such a rebound from such a battered 2022. So this is where I think this is healthy for the consolidation, but the market trajectory for Q3 and Q4 remains higher as long as the Fed doesn't screw it up. 
Jeff Kilberg, founder and CEO of KKM Financial in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, an entrepreneur Friday, an herbalist on Chicago's far south side who's turning her passion and knowledge into a business. Compounding your interest with an economy of words, this is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's Entrepreneur Friday, and this afternoon we're putting the spotlight on a far south side business taking a holistic approach to mental, physical, and spiritual healing. We welcome in Antoine. Annette Garland, who is a clinical herbalist and creator and owner of Cosmic Creole, located in the Far South CDC Marketplace at 837 West 115th Street, 115th and Halstead on the south side of Chicago. Antoinette, uh, thanks for joining us today. Is that in the Roseland neighborhood? Yes, it is. Thank you for having me. So, yes, we are located in the Roseland neighborhood of West Pullman. Um, I'm in the marketplace with eight other black business owners where we have a range of like household goods, clothing goods, even fresh roasted coffee. And the program that Far South CDC offered has been extended for us through December of uh, end of this year. Now, how did you uh, get into this particular line of work? I mean, where, 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 where did what sparked your interest in this? So it started off with my father, who uh, who's no longer with us. Um, he was diagnosed with cancer back in October 2014. And we took him to a Chinese herbalist in, in Chinatown in Chicago, where she, uh, you know, did an assessment and gave him some herbs that helped that helped, um, you know, his skin, his progress, and things like that. And that actually sparked my interest. And then it came back to the forefront for myself a couple of years ago when I had my own interest. Uh, my, my, excuse my own um, problems, and um, I had a friend that sent me some herbs, and it kind of restored what my issues were, and I just wanted a deeper understanding, so I rolled in herbalist school, and that sparked my business, and I created um, what started off before, but now I have over 10 different tensions that help with any mental, physical, spiritual pain. Now, this was uh, quite the uh, career pivot for you because before uh, your father was diagnosed, you were working in HR for an airline. Yes, I was working in HR for a major airline here in Chicago. Um, but I always been interested in it while I was sitting at my desk, always, you know, listening to different holistic doctors and things like that. So I always had like an interest in it. But it did. It was a very like a 180 turn for what I was doing before. And when you talk about uh, holistic medicine for someone who may not who have may have a, a general idea of what it is, uh, what is the experience for you uh, undergoing a holistic medicine uh, regimen, and what kind of a difference does it make? So the regimen is basically staying consistent because um, with conventional medicine you could be on the pill for a couple of days, but with herbs, it take a minute for it to get in the system. So that is like the, the difference between the conventional medicine and the holistic medicine is staying consistent and making sure you have the proper doses. And over time with like diet change and also exercising those type of regimens, you will see a difference in your body and you will see the heal. It might take a little longer than conventional medicine, but you will, you will still get the, the same benefit. You just have to put in the extra work with the herbs. And then what have you learned about yourself uh, over the course of uh, going into business for yourself? That I can handle whatever is thrown at me because starting a business, especially coming from like a corporate background, it's, it's, it's a different setting and also being, you know, making sure you connect with the people on a different level and making sure you have that empathetic type connection with them and listening to them. So this is this has been a, a 
big pivot turn from what I used to do to what I do now, especially that the being empathetic to listening to people and their needs. And then lastly, you know, as as a business owner, I mean, your business is a citizen of the community as well. Uh, How do you approach that responsibility? Well, I'm sorry, I'm a little nervous. But oh no, um, no, no, that's that. that Don't you're doing a great job, by the way. um, That responsibility is 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 a big responsibility. to have that pillar in the community to let them know that you're there to listen to them and guide them whatever their needs are and you know being 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 able to just be there for them and knowing letting them know that we are here for them and we have services that can help them get to the next level is a big difference that you can make within the community Antoinette Garland, I think you passed the audition. You knocked it out of the park today. Thank you very much for joining us today. Clinical herbalist, creator, and owner of Cosmic Creole. Find her on the far south side, 115th and Halsted in Roseland, or find her online at CosmicCreole.com. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The deadly wildfires in Hawaii are prompting people to make donations in an effort to help those suffering through the disaster, and that means scammers will be looking to get some of that money. Let's look with ways to make sure it reaches the intended destination with Michael Thatcher, CEO of CharityNavigator.org in Saddlebrook, New Jersey. Michael, thank you for joining us today. Uh, When it comes to people setting up bogus charities to try to rip off people with big hearts, um, are these kind of sudden disasters uh, uh, a target-rich environment, as it were? Um, absolutely, Rob. I mean, it's it, sadly when something bad happens in the world, it's an opportunity where hearts are hearts are touched. People want to do something. They're willing to give. They want to give. And the bad actors are out there. They're gonna they'll they'll create a. Oftentimes, it's a lookalike charity. It'll sound like a name you might have heard of, so you think it's right. Um, you've got to do a little bit of homework, and I can. We can talk about that if you like. And what are, what are some things you can do to make sure that the charity uh, that's uh, trying to solicit a donation from you or one that you want to donate to is actually on the up and up? Because as you said, uh, some of these fake charities uh, try really hard to look like a legitimate institution. So there are a couple quick quick things you can do. One is make sure they're actually a registered public charity. And the, the, the IRS code is 501c3. The way you do that is someone gives you a name, say, hey, support my organization. Look them up. Just do a quick Google search. Or if you want, you want to get a deeper set of information, come to a site like Charity Navigator. It's a free site. We just basically will validate this is real or the name you put in doesn't show up. If it doesn't show up, it's not real. Have you already received reports of uh, some bogus actors out there uh, trying to uh, take advantage of this particular situation? Not yet. So it's interesting. We haven't, in other words, what ends up happening is, well, the sad part is when you get ripped off by a bogus charity, you may not even know it. And so it takes a little while. There's a lag there. So what we do to try and preempt this is, you know, rather than look at the negative, we create a curated list that tells you here's 15 or more charities that are highly rated that are actually addressing the issue. And in in this case, Hawaii, you know, you've got uh, charities responding to the wildfires in Hawaii, and it's everything from large organizations like the American Red Cross to local organizations like the Maui Family YMCA or the Maui Food Bank. It's really, it's a way to help people 
rather than to get scammed by the, the random solicitation, be proactive. Go out and find an organization that's doing that, and we'll try and help you do that as well. Michael Thatcher, CEO of CharityNavigator.org in Saddlebrook, New Jersey. Thank you for joining us today. You'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.